0: Greetings, everybody. This is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris, joined by my colleague Jonathan Armstrong at Cordery, bringing you your weekly Tech Law 10. Let's just cut right to it, Jonathan.
1: Uber. Yeah, I think uh, – thanks, Eric. This is Jonathan Armstrong, com, And, um, yeah, Uber are in some difficulty in London. On the 22nd of September – TfL, the Body Transport for London, who runs, surprisingly, Transport in London, uh, and who are the licensing authority for Uber London Limited, announced that they would not be renewing the private hire operator license of Uber London uh, when it came up for renewal on the 30th of September. So we're currently in a, 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 an appellate state, effectively. Now, I ran in the early 2000s a similar case when the licensing authority was attacking a client of mine who had an operator license. So this system is really complex, and I'm going to try and simplify it. But basically, to operate a private hire or taxi system, if you like, in London, you have to have two things. The drivers have to be licensed, And there has to be an operator's license as well. So the person who traditionally took the calls, for example, and sent minicabs had to be licensed. And in addition, of course, the cars have to be inspected as well. There's no criticism in this case of the individual drivers or of the vehicles, but the criticism is of Uber London Limited, which is a subsidiary of a Dutch entity. And what TfL are saying is that there are four things that it has done wrong. Firstly, it's failed to report serious criminal offences. There are allegations, for example, of rapes uh, that have not been reported. Secondly, its approach to how medical certificates are obtained. Thirdly, its approach to how criminal record checks are done for drivers. And as I've said, basically that the drivers have to be licensed as well as the operators but the operators should check that the drivers are fit and proper and um fourthly and perhaps more interestingly to a tech law 10 audience um uber was running a software system called grayball within its uh, app and uh, allegedly this grayball system uh, alerted drivers to when uh, there might be regulatory or law enforcement inspections and it allegedly told those drivers via the app on their phones to modi- modify their behaviors when they might get caught. Now uh, Uber uh, had been asked questions about Greyball by TFL and Uh, TfL say that its approach to explaining the use of grey ball was not satisfactory. So, um, as I said, uh, TfL have taken the decision to remove the license. Uh, Uber can and almost certainly will appeal. And what happens in these cases is that there is then an appellate process. Whilst the appellate process is going on, then the license is, if you like, cryogenically frozen so uber can continue as at today's date until the appeal is determined and in the case i uh, was involved with that took around about two and a half years Uh, i don't have an expectation that this will be dealt with much more quickly particularly given the stakes here i would have thought whoever loses will go through the appeal process What I can tell you, though, Eric, as the reporter on the ground here, is that (laughs) I rode um, a black cab this morning and an Uber car last night, and both the black cab and Uber drivers tell me that there has already been a substantial shift from (laughs) Uber to black cabs. So win, lose, or draw this case, I think Uber... And don't forget their drivers, because if they don't have fares, they don't earn as much. But both Uber and their drivers have taken a big hit. There are a number of lessons to be learned in this case. We've talked already about Uber's use of big data and how they haven't been as transparent as they should be. Uh, And we've also talked about some of the management issues that Uber have had. They have a new CEO To his credit, he's given um, uh, an indication that his approach is going to be different to the previous management. And again, to his credit, he seems to have taken the lead in this case. Uh, He's trying to meet with TfL, my understanding is he's getting on a plane and will be in London on Tuesday to meet with TfL and see what can be done to uh, get the license back. So it's an evolving story. But a really interesting one, Uh, you know, obviously it affects millions of people in London who use Uber, drive for Uber, or are fed by people who drive for Uber. So it's a very consequential case.
0: Yes, indeed. And I love it when you speak cryogenically to me like you did. Cryogenic, (laughs) I haven't heard that word yet in any of our 200-plus podcasts. I've got got, uh, four or five quick points, and that was a great analysis, Jonathan. Thank you. Um, first of all, this really could have a potentially big impact in London. Reportedly, there are more than 40,000 uh, people who drive for Uber. There are more than 3.5 million customers who lo- use the Uber app and drivers at least once every three months, so that's a big deal. There's been some suggestion that there are some ethnic and class issues potentially because a majority of the black cab drivers are white, native-born Britons, whereas many London Uber drivers are immigrants, uh, according to an article I read. I don't know if that's correct or not, but there's some suggestion there. Um, And all of this also comes on the heels of of, of a British tribunal ruling uh, less than a year ago that Uber could not characterize its drivers as self-employed contractors, meaning that Uber over there needs to comply with certain labor standards requiring pensions and holiday pay. So that was just one other uh, issue Uber dealt with. You mentioned the change in management. That's true. Uber's founder and CEO, Travis Kalanick, uh, recently had to step down because of all sorts of commotion at the top, and he has been replaced by um, Dara, I probably cannot cannot pronounce his name properly, Shrahahi, (laughs) previously of Expedia. And as you say, he's trying to make uh, best efforts to patch things up with the London Transportation um, Authority, so that Uber is not um, Uber has to lose basically its largest European market. And then finally, I just point out that Uber's worth uh, has been estimated to be as high as 70 billion dollars. But you know, if Uber no longer can operate in London and is facing these other issues, it's possible that its net worth will come down. So those are my uh, wrap-up points. Do you have anything to say there, Jonathan, or should we uh, close it down?
1: Well, one thing I'd just say on the racist point, I think that's almost certainly likely to be utter, utter nonsense. Um, oh, good. And I, I, I think it's, you know, I'm know—I'm—I'm—I'm um, uh, I'm trying to be balanced on this, but I, I, I think it's just, a, a TFL reports to the mayor of London, you will mm-hmm. guess if I say that his name is Sadiq Aman Khan, he is not a uh, white um, male. He's born to a British Pakistani family. And to accuse uh, Mr. Khan's operation of racism in this decision, I think is pretty dumb.
0: Yeah. And I, I got this from the New York Times article, Jonathan. I'm glad you pointed that out. I think Perhaps the real thrust was that this could have a real disproportionate impact on people who are not native-born whites be, just because of how the demographic works, demographics worked out and who drives for the black cabs and who drives for Uber, not suggesting necessarily that the intent of possibly shutting down Uber was based on some sort of racial animus, more of what the effect would be. I think the idea would be that Uber might be shut down because of problems it may be having, like you say, in terms of background checks and and other issues. Does that make more sense?
1: I I think it probably does. And I think, to be fair, those people who have come into the country more recently may find it harder to get appropriate background checks. I don't know the length of term that's uh, that's required um, for the driver's checks. But as I said, it's important to remember that the operator's license is, is a different thing from the drivers themselves. The drivers are still free to drive. They just have to attach themselves to a different operator. And I think that that's what we'll see some of as well. I hear rumors, probably shouldn't say because they are rumors, but I, uh, but, but I certainly know from the case I was involved with that different strategies are relatively easy to construct. So we needn't necessarily presume that the drivers can't drive just because the operator loses its license.
0: Interesting. Good, good, good. All right. Well, this is uh, Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. I think we've gone to our can of the Tech Law 10. Uh, you can reach me if need be at ejsinrod at You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Uh, Thank you for following us and for proposing uh, ideas as to future podcasts. All that remains is for Jonathan to say his
1: piece. Thanks very much, Eric. Uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at Cordraycompliance.com. Thanks very much for listening as ever. Do join the debate on our LinkedIn page, and we look forward to speaking to you again in a week or so. Take care. Cheers.